shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Yes, for the samples, because seasonal allergies are no joke in the state of Tennessee. Or Kentucky, where I spend the summers at Hopetown. I spend most of the summer outdoors and could not function without allergy relief. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. You just described my exact state in waking up minus the need for coffee. (laughs) I've been taking Claritin D for my allergies for years, and it's been an absolute life changer. I can be outside with the kids at camp without my eyes watering like a fountain, and I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped into my throat. But at Hopetown, a frog could jump into your boat or your bed, (laughs) and Claritin can't really help with that. That's true, but they've got allergies covered. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Hey friends, welcome to the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. I'm Sissy Goff. And I'm David Thomas. And I'm Melissa Trevathan. And we're so glad you joined us for this conversation. Let's dive in. Hey, David Thomas. Hey, Sissy Goff. Okay, I want to know what was the best inroad to connection with you for your parents when you were stage three? Mm, for sure, movies. Mm, really? Yes, for sure, movies. Like, my dad is in his late 70s, and we still love to go see movies together. So it, like, started early on. I can still remember standing in line in the late 70s to go see the first Star Wars movie mm, with my dad, and that just awesome. continued all throughout that we love seeing movies together. What about you? What was your best inroad to connection? I would say I remember my mom being really strategic in these years and and that she was she honestly was she was never even in her bed when I would come home from doing things with my friends. She was always in, up in the kitchen. And those are that's probably the one time I really remember wanting to talk to her. And I think I was so, you know, jazzed from being with my buddies that there was an overflow of conversation. I also know that my mom, just a little thing to tuck away, this could, we're getting to some practical in the beginning. One of my mom's tactics was she would use the, is it called the fade on a stereo? Yes. On a car stereo. She would turn the volume on the stereo in the car up really loud in the back seat and have it quieter in the front. She did this with Kathleen. She told me about it. I don't know that she did it with me. But so Kathleen and her friends would have to talk loud over the music so she could hear them better. Your brilliant mom. smart. That is awesome strategy. Those are the sneaky things she used to do. (laughs) With my dad, 
I took a father-daughter trip. That's one of my favorite memories with my dad. And speaking of inroads, I think when my parents, anytime my parents would value my friends and mm. invite my friends to things. And so Tammy and I took a ski trip with our dads and it was one of my favorite times I ever experienced with him. Love so that. Fun and rich. Yeah. Thanks, dad. I so love blast. that. Okay. Stage three, what they need, because they are, at least the girls, it's hard to tell. <laughs> Boys, it might be a little easier. So we're going to decode it for you. We're going to actually give you some really helpful, practical things from kids themselves. So hang on till the end of the session. I think we it's are. It's not a counseling session. <laughs> end of the episode. Though it may feel like it in some moments. <laughs> yes. Well, are we going to start out with stage three, boys? Yeah, will you start with the fellas? I would love to. So this is the individual, roughly nine to 12. And we talked last week about how he is searching and evolving and growing. And I would say in response to that, he needs a lot of information and involvement. I'm going to kind of put those two words together. We'll say information slash involvement. And then I'll talk about something else he needs because... What's happening in this world that we live in right now is for any of us, when we're curious about anything, what do we do? Google. We Google it. Absolutely. And so boys in this stage, as we talked about last time, are going to be searching for masculinity and identity. They're curious about their body. They're changing bodies, bodies, bodies of the opposite sex. And the temptation is to just Google questions, Google things they wonder about. And all of us know if you go to Google with questions about your body, we're not going to get good, solid, helpful information. And so I want to challenge parents listening to really lean into leading those conversations that Sissy talked about this with girls in stage two, that we want to establish ourselves as the source, not Google, but us as the source. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to wait on an event to happen and then talk about it. We want to talk about the events in advance. And so Research once told us that most boys had their first exposure to internet pornography somewhere between 11 and 14. The newest data would tell us 8 to 12. Mm. So it's happening earlier and earlier that boys are having exposure yeah. to internet pornography, often because, again, uh, that natural curiosity. I've had countless parents tell me over the years that they've tracked back through the search history when they discovered their son had seen some really scary things. And that it started with something really innocent, just mm -hmm. a search word that was about the curiosity. He wasn't setting out or the pop-ups, the way these folks have created content to embed it, the pop-ups in content where kids would naturally be looking or searching for things anyway. So it can be innocent that they find themselves in the throes of this. And so I want to really challenge parents in staying a step ahead to be giving a lot of good information. So there's a great book called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, which we'll put a link to that. And there's a junior version. There is, which great resource to have good conversation around the good stuff and the bad stuff that's out there uh, on the Internet. Also, throughout Wild Things, I put a lot of my favorite resources in that book of books to read with boys, even at different ages along the way, so that for any parents listening, and I think this is a lot of parents where you didn't grow up with adults who had a lot of conversation with you around these important topics, we understandably feel ill-informed, ill-equipped, and competent in how to take our kids on this journey. So great resources out there that help you know how to talk about what topics at what ages. We talk so much about how much we love 
Mary Flo and Megan, Birds yes. and Bees, and and folks who've done the research for us, and mm. they're going to guide us in the right questions to ask and the right times to have what conversations about what topics. But I really want to challenge parents listening to step into those conversations, even if it feels really overwhelming. And I would say, in addition to that, as we continue conversation around technology, you know, I laugh a lot with parents of boys and will say in this stage in particular, I want you to function like the Department of Homeland Security. Like, (laughs) I really want you to be aware of all things at all times and to be upfront about that. Like, I don't want to sneaking around behind kids, but when they get their first tablet to say, hey, I'm going to look at the history because I want to help you know to use this responsibly. And if I were to find you had erased the history, the device is going to come back to me temporarily and you'll have to earn that again. And so can we stop and say, because if we're sneaking around and they don't know, they're going to make a much bigger issue over the fact that they that we violated yes. their privacy than what they did in the yes. first place. I've heard that so much. Yes. And so we want to be honest up front. I'm going to check your text history in the right. beginning. And thinking about it no different than when kids get a driver's permit first and a license second. Like we're in the car all the time with them in the beginning when they're learning, giving input and guidance. So kind of treating it in that same way as we think about a lot of good involvement. And I would say if I were going to give a second thing, I think that boys in this space need outlets. And I want to give you four quick outlets that I think they need. I think they need outlets to test their strength. And I love the context of sports for boys, but it doesn't have to be an organized sport, just some opportunity where he feels strong and he's testing his body and obviously being moving, moving his body and being active is so important. But I want him to have outlets to test his strength. I want him to have outlets to test his mind. School is going to do that during the academic year in a great way, obviously. But even in the summers, I want him reading and I want him doing art and I want him learning a new instrument or a new language and opportunities to expand and nurture his growing mind. That is of such importance, particularly in this era of technology when a lot of boys just kind of want to zone out with a video game. Sissy, it's 2024, and I'm wondering if you set any New Year's resolutions. I did set some goals for 2024. Me too. I'm trying to read more books. That's on my list too, and I'm going to hydrate more. I need to do that one too. And take my vitamins every morning. You know who can help with that goal? One of our loyal sponsors, Haya. I love Haya and have them at my house for Henry. They can work for big kids as well. (laughs) I take them all the time. Typical children's vitamins are basically candy in disguise filled with two teaspoons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals, and other gummy junk growing kids should never eat. That's why Haya was created, the pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin. Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern children's diets to provide the full-body nourishment our kids need with a yummy taste they love. Formulated with the help of nutritional experts, Haya is pressed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and veggies, then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals, including vitamin D, B12, C, zinc, folate, and many others to help support immunity, energy, brain function, mood, concentration, teeth, bones, and more. I need all that. Haya is designed for kids of all ages, as David has proven, and sent straight to your door so there's one less thing to worry about. 
I love that they ship straight to your door. Parents have one less thing to worry about. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Receive 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com slash RBG. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash RBG and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Sissy, we just spoke in town last night and reminded the parents in the room about putting on their oxygen mask first. That great reminder that flight attendants give parents when they board flights. With summer rolling around and kids home more hours of the week than ever, that reminder feels so important. A hilarious dad who works from home told me last night at the book table that when school ends, sometimes his sanity does as well. (laughs) (laughs) You know who could help that dad out? Our friends at Wendy. Wendy is here to help parents relieve the stress in finding high-quality sitters when they need them. I am talking daily with parents who are worried about summer childcare logistics. Wendy offers a nanny service where they match college students with families for the summer. We all love summer, and your kids especially love summer, but we lose the consistent schedule of kids in school. This creates all kinds of problems. Thankfully, there is a solution to this problem. Wendy, that's W-Y-N-D-Y, is an app that connects families to college student nannies literally in minutes. These college student nannies are background checked, interviewed, and honestly just awesome. Wendy has been around for seven years. Over 20,000 families have used Wendy to complete more than 140,000 jobs. There are hundreds of qualified college student nannies on Wendy ready to work near you. Families have greater child care needs in the summer, and college students are looking for jobs. Wendy is here to match families to these college nannies. Everybody wins. This could be part-time or full-time. Wendy has a match for your needs. All you have to do is go to wendy.com slash rbg to start a search for a nanny, and as a special offer, they are going to knock $50 off your search if you go through that link. Wendy provides top-notch service, but at a fraction of the cost of a traditional nanny agency and no ongoing fees. Here's how it works. Go to wendy.com slash rbg to start your search. A Wendy concierge will find great matches for your job and set up interviews for you. You choose the one you like. Get started now because there are a lot of parents out there looking for nannies for the summer. Go to wyndy.com slash rbg. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. And then I want him to have an outlet to feel risk and adventure. I think that is hardwired into who they are, who we are as males. And, you know, I did a video on Instagram recently that a lot of people have yes. commented to me about where I feel like 
boys less than ever are moving toward a healthy sense of risk. So glad you're talking about that. Yeah, it's it's really concerning for me. I've never seen as many young boys who are dropping out of extracurricular experiences or sports because it's gotten hard or they don't want to take the risk of making the trying to be on the team or trying out for the team. And then boys a little farther down the road who don't want to take the risk of asking your girl to a dance, which is just a really important skill to develop and practice or boys who don't want to get their first part-time job, boys who don't want to apply to college. And it's on and on and on. And I'm so concerned about the movement away because I do think that risk is so hardwired into who we are. And we live into being our best selves when we tap into that sense of healthy risk and we feel brave and strong and capable and competent. And when boys are moving away from that, and again, I think so often numbing out with technology, Mm. all the scary stuff we've talked about is happening, but they're not tapping into this really healthy part of who they are and how they're hardwired. So I want you to think about that as families. Like how could we maybe do indoor rock climbing or go on a whitewater rafting trip Mm, or go camping together as a family. I want you to be thinking creatively about all the different ways that we could usher boys toward a healthy sense of risk. I love how many families I feel like um, take trips out West and do really hard hikes at different points along the way. And so just thinking creatively about the different ways that we can move boys in that direction Because if we don't enough, I think the other thing that can happen is when they get to stage four, this mid-adolescent stretch we're going to talk about next, they will often find their way to risk, but it won't be healthy. It'll be experimenting with substances. It'll be experimenting sexually with girls. Mm -hmm. It's for a lot of boys shoplifting, like all these different ways that they try something risky, but it's not healthy risk. So to review those first three real quick, an outlet to test his mind, an outlet to test his strength, an outlet to feel risk and adventure, and then last and maybe most importantly, an outlet to feel purpose. And I think that's the other thing that's often missing when boys aren't moving into risk in different ways or moving into opportunities. And so he's not only missing that healthy sense of risk and adventure, but he's not experiencing purpose either. And so I want boys in this 9 to 12 space to go back and help coach a younger sibling's soccer team or to tutor a younger kid in a subject they're really strong in. Or if they've aged out of vacation Bible school, they can go back and be a junior recreation leader or thinking about all the different ways that they can feel a sense of purpose. I am currently working with a boy in stage three who started a pet sitting business. He walks pets and takes care of pets, started in his cul-de-sac, spread out to his neighborhood. He's so good at it. It's moved out in the city. I think he may be outpacing me financially right now. Like (laughs) he has got a really lucrative pet sitting business. And I love not only that he's learning to steward and save money well, but the purpose he feels, he gets all this great affirmation Mm. from all the other adults and He's decided he thinks he wants to be a vet. And so just all the different ways I think it's spilled out. And so moving boys toward purpose all throughout development. Okay, talk about girls. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Boys of all ages. I just, um, yeah, like I'm soaking it up. Okay, stage three girls, the narcissistic years. We're back to them. Dun, dun, dun. Thank you. Yes. And what they need. And I have not told you about this experience I had 
really recently where I had a dad come in and his daughter had been in counseling somewhere else. And, and this happens. We have families who come in and have heard about Daystar and they didn't have a great experience somewhere else. And he sat down and said, I have a 13 year old daughter and we have a really hard time getting along. And he said, I took her to another counselor and the counselor, she really liked her counselor and the counselor really listened to her a lot. And I don't think she made any progress. And, and I would like for her to come in and see you because she, she needs someone to tell her that she's wrong. <laughs> like, well, um, so <laughs> long story short, I sent him somewhere else. But I think the sad part of that to me is hopefully we can do both things as therapists that we can sit and really make kids feel understood and heard and like their voices matter and, and what they have to say matters and help them see another perspective, Yes, not usher them towards they're wrong, which is really from a very black and white standpoint, what he wanted. Um, but I think that's, that is a place that it's easy to get stuck with girls in this window because they're going to be wrong a lot. They're going to have wacky opinions about everything imaginable. And, and I think, you know, as we're talking about girls leading the statistics on anxiety, girls being so perfectionist, girls being meaner than ever before. We know not only are girls leading the st statistics on anxiety, but depression too. And I do not believe it has ever been harder than it is today to be a teenage girl, probably a teenager in Agreed. general. But I can't, I mean, can y'all imagine those of you that are listening that are over the age of 14, what it would be like to be 14 today? Just so hard, even if we're just talking about technology. And so really the first thing I feel like they need, the most important thing I think they need is understanding mm. that we understand what things are like culturally for them, going on around them, the pressure academically that is just exploded, the pressure to succeed in every extracurricular and endeavor to not just succeed, but way past succeed. The, the pressure to look beautiful while you're doing all the things and have the exact right post with all the right amount of likes. And I mean, there's just so much. And then we couple all that with girls being so mean and, and feeling less connected in real relationships than I think ever before, than ever before. And, and so I really want us to camp out for good long stretches and tell me what it's like to grow up today. You know, when I was growing up, it was a lot simpler mm. and there were girls that were mean, but I don't think it was near what it is today. What do you, what's it like for you? And if she won't answer that again, you could say, tell me what it's like for your friends. It's great. What are you seeing around you? What do you wish grownups knew about what it's like to grow up today? What do you wish grownups would do to help? Then it's not even about you and her, but it's just bigger than that. And so I think that sense of understanding around her, what's going on around her, but also what's going on inside of her, because she is going to be all over the place. Like we talked about in our last episode on who they are. Go back to that and listen, if you haven't heard it already, because it's so important to understand emotionally that she is going to be up and down in this way and that. And I mean, just from what's happening with her hormones, just that even is going to wreak havoc on who she is. And so 
Uh, one of my favorite conversations I ever had with a mom, she said, my daughter's all over the place right now. And I don't, I've never, I never know what I'm going to get when she comes downstairs. When I pick her up from school, I don't know which version of herself she's going to be. And, and she says a lot of wacky things. And I have started a category in my head of teenage moments. And I just am going to let her have these teenage moments that her emotions are really big. Her words are really big. She feels like nothing's ever going her way. Nothing's ever going to work out. She's whatever it is like that, that I just say, I'm going to let her have a teenage moment. I don't need to correct it. I don't need to criticize her. I can just let her be there and sit with mm. her in it. Go for a walk with her and just listen and bite my tongue. If that's what I need to do. Kelly Corrigan, who is on the podcast this season that talks about tell me more. I mean, it's just such a beautiful statement with girls in this season. And so to think about what it means to be understanding and to, I was talking to your mom about it yesterday, that that when you think you've been understanding, I want you to look at a clock and be understanding for 10 more minutes that we just sit there and stay there because I think we can't do it enough. Sissy, I have loved hearing you tell stories about your weekends at the lake with your sister, Erin, and the boys. We have made some amazing memories together as a family at that place. You know I gave the boys a twister game for the lake house for Christmas. I saw that you did. I want photos of all of you playing <laughs> twister. Those will make some hysterical photos. I'm worried at my age that playing one game of twister could result in three months of physical <laughs> therapy. I'm a little worried about the same. Well, be careful when you use my gift. When I think about you all making memories at that amazing place, I also think about how much your mom loved going to the lake and mm. how special that place was for her. She loved it there. Just the thought of three generations of your family making memories together at that place is something wonderful to think about. I hope Whit and Henry bring their children there someday and it becomes four generations. Legacy is something one of our sponsors thinks a lot about. I'm talking about will and trust. The things we build our future around are the things worth protecting. Making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. With Trust & Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $159. The website is so simple to use. The process is straightforward and user-friendly. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs. Ensure your family and loved ones avoid lengthy, expensive legal proceedings or the state deciding what happens to your assets. Trust & Will has made estate planning accessible and affordable. Their simple step-by-step -step process guides you from start to finish with ease. Live customer support is available through phone, chat, and email. Get the peace of mind you deserve by creating your estate plan with trust and will, used by hundreds of thousands of families and county. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with trust and will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com rbg. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash RBG. Number two, in the midst of understanding, she's going to push on you a lot. Like we talked about, she's going to be ambivalent with you. And so if we let her get away with being the worst version of herself, that's who she'll believe that she is. And so when she pushes against you in her 
ambivalence, I want you to be strong enough to take it. And I think what this looks like, we did, I did forever ago, I went and spoke to moms of seventh graders. And, you know, I just felt so sorry for them that they were moms of seventh graders, (laughs) that I took a group of senior girls to give them some hope. And so I, for the question and answer time at the end, and so I had this, I think I had five seniors there with me. And there was a mom in the room who said, I want to hear something that your mom did when you were in seventh grade that you loved, something that made a difference to you. And this one girl spoke up, I can still picture, and she said, when I was in seventh grade, my mom and I would fight a lot. And she said, whenever we would fight, I would say, why do you always have to be the mom? Why can't you just be my friend? She said, every time I said that, my mom's response was the same. And she would say, there will be a day that you and I will be friends, but it is not today. (laughs) It's great. And I could actually care less how you feel about me right now. And I don't believe that was completely true, but I believe that mom was stepping into strength that was beyond her. I think it was God's strength in that moment so that she could say to her daughter without saying these exact words, I'm not going to let you get away with being the worst version of yourself because that's not who you are. And so I'm strong enough to take this and I'm going to remind you, I'm here to be your mom. I'm not here to be your best friend in this moment. And, And I think... What a beautiful picture of what I think makes adolescents feel really secure. I think that takes them back to that place of I'm not the most powerful person in the room. And so that boundary makes them feel more secure. So understanding coupled with strength. And I think that's the combo that is the killer combination with the adolescents in our lives. Okay, can I read something? Please. So if we were going to have a practical takeaway We said this in the beginning. We've got the voices of kids. Mm. So we asked 7th through 12th graders, if you could say anything to your parents and get away with it, (laughs) what would you want to say? And we'll just go ahead and tell you that we have not soft-coded their answers at all. And we want to tell you what they said. We might even, maybe we could put these in the show notes or something so that you can have access to them. But but I'm going to read them out loud. 7th and 8th graders said, Don't ask so many questions and then get upset if I don't want to answer them. Don't expect us to remember everything from every day. Get off your phone and don't text while driving. One said, one girl said, I would tell them how mean people are at school. And then another one said, and how hard it is to run a mile. And I think school should stop that. (laughs) (laughs) I wish they understood that when we like someone, it's legit and not cute or funny. I wish they'd realize that we make life look a lot easier than it is. We put on a happy face a lot, and it might be because we're not wanting to hurt them. I get in trouble for interrupting you, but it's fine for you to interrupt me. Don't treat me like I'm five. We're all hormonal all the time till I've heard sophomore year, and then we're good. (laughs) Fine means okay or normal, not that there's a problem. I just don't want to talk about it. Don't tell us it's just a phase. It's our life. Ninth and 10th graders, please stop saying you understand because times have changed. Mm -hmm. We can listen, but don't say I understand. Practice what you preach. Listen. Don't criticize before you hear the whole story. Don't think badly of my friends if I tell you something. 
don't assume. Don't forget that high school is hard. Don't talk bad about the other parent to me. Talk about the good things. Juniors and seniors, when you're stressed, lectures about not stressing don't help. <laughs> Be open to letting me prove I'm trustworthy. Nagging never works. Just because we want to be alone doesn't mean something is wrong. Wow. If we want to tell you something, we'll tell you. Not every guy or girl we hang out with is our boyfriend or girlfriend. If we're angry and not treating you well, it doesn't mean we're mad at you. I need space doesn't mean let's now have a conversation about why I need space. <laughs> that might be my favorite. When in doubt, comfort. Don't try to fix the problem. Just tell me that you're there for me. Mm. Such good reminders. Such incredible reminders. There's a lot of takeaways right mm. there. Yes, there are. Okay. Pretty soon I get to be in the good news stage and you're going to be. And I bring the dun, dun, dun. <laughs> oh, y'all. Thanks for listening. We're so glad to be on this journey with yes, you. Yes, we are so honored. Listening to David and Sissy talk about stage three, I am just reminded of watching the boys outside running around, being active, and uh, at camp or even in the office, uh, I might see the girls more inside, still moving, but usually moving in groups. I think about how Sissy and David reminded us that the voices of their peers get louder and the voices of parents are quieter. So when I started Daystar almost 40 years ago, I thought about the impact that kids have on each other. And again, as David and Sissy said, the, the voices of the peers, of their friends, of people around them are louder, and the voices of their parents become quieter, even though the volume of the parents may get louder. So when I started Daystar, I thought, how can I use the fact that they're listening to their peers. And um, I wanted to have a place where kids could have a voice as they begin to realize the impact that they have on each other. And that's what we're able to do here at Daystar and at Hopetown is that uh, the kids speak into each other's lives. They begin to see how important their words are. I would not ever start a camp especially in stage with stage three kids without talking about the power of words. Proverbs 18, 21, that words have power of life and death. Words can do damage. Words can do great good. Or words can encourage or words can discourage. But to talk to the kids at the very beginning of each camp about how they make a difference in each other's lives. That is not just a negative that words can um, discourage or words can encourage, that sometimes we wanna just dwell on you can do harm to each other, but watching them have such a sense of mission, of purpose, when they realize they can make a difference. I'll talk about Proverbs 12, 25, where it says, anxiety weighs down the heart. And our kind word cheers it up. Down we can go so often. Up we can come just because of kindness. So 
again, I started thinking about Caleb and, and I remembered a story that illustrated so much to me and to the kids at camp and to a lot of people since then, uh, of what it means to be loyal, what it means to speak words that have impact and how we can make a difference. And, and, and again, that's, that is my hope for kids in stage three. It's the awareness of how they, how their words can make a difference in someone's life. So molasses, molasses, was my very first Old English sheepdog. She weighed about 80 pounds, and oh, she was so loyal and responsive, especially to me and to my words. We would go on a walk, and because molasses had really bad hip dysplasia, she was really born with it, Go on, and when we'd go on these walks, it was hard for her. Her hip would hurt so bad. And and I noticed with my words, I could be so discouraging if I didn't say anything, just flat, just nothing. But when I said, come on, come on, molasses, let's go, her speed would pick up in spite of the pain. If I was discouraging and said, come on, molasses, come, come, many times she'd just stop and look at me and sometimes kind of turn her head like, who are you? You think that's going to work? But it was the sound of my voice that would cause her. My voice of encouragement would cause her literally to pick up speed. One day at camp, it was uh, dinner time, the end of dinner time, and one of the campers came and said, uh, Melissa, uh, molasses, molasses is at the top of the hill and she won't come down. And I said, well, just go call her. She'll come. And uh, about 20 minutes later, they said, no, she will not move. And so I went to the bottom of the drive, and it's kind of a hill up to where she was sitting. And I looked up there, and and there she was. And she's big enough that we could make some eye contact there. And, um, and I said, come on. Come on, molasses. And she kind of moved. And then I said it again, remembering the impact of my voice. I said it in a very encouraging way. Come on, molasses. I love you. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. And she started down that hill very slowly, very slowly. And when she got down to the bottom, I could tell she was hurting, that her hip was hurting. and But we managed to get inside, and she was still in a lot of pain. And later on, when it came time to go up the stairs to, uh, to my room, she just sat there at the bottom of the stairs. The kids, having a sense that something was not right, gathered around, and they too started with their voices of encouragement. It's okay, molasses. It's okay. Some of them would go up, but all their voices joined in. Of, Let's go. It's okay. It's okay, molasses. And at the sound of their voices, she began to take one step at a time, one step at a time, until she got to the very top of the steps to go into my room. The next morning, I took her to the vet and found out that she had broken her hip. 
the pain that she endured during that time. And yet the desire in her heart to go, to move on. I'll never forget seeing her walk down that hill, wanting so much. And at the sound of my voice, offering words of cheer, offering words of, you can do it. I love you. Come on, molasses. Come on. And the sound of all those kids, just a picture, just a reminder of how our words impact and have such power on each other and how we all desire to be a part of a group. And whether it's a girls and girls in a group who can very naturally be discouraging to each other, just out of self-protection or fear of rejection, or whether it's a group of guys who are competing and running around outside, we can still remember that we can make a difference. I guess in closing, I want to say, let's think about Caleb and how his words of encouragement had such power. And even though it may not have changed all of those who were saying we're nothing but grasshoppers, he did encourage and say, look up, look up. Many of you have anxiety. And as we said, anxiety can weigh down your heart. But a kind word, an encouraging word, cheers it up. Oh, let's cheer each other up. Let's remember how molasses responded when she was having pain. And think about how many kids, how many people around us have experienced some pain and a fear of rejection and how a kind, simple kind word can cheer the hearts up. Thank you. Did you love today's episode? If so, would you mind sharing it with a friend? Send a quick text or email with the link to the show. Join us next time for another episode where we'll bring you help and hope on your journey of raising boys and girls. 